Thank you, baby. Come on, let's worship the Lord. Hallelujah. Let's just lift up our hands and pray in the Holy Spirit for a few moments. Amen. As we prepare for the word of God. Let's give our praise team, praise dancers, a hand clap. Amen. Thank the Lord for the gifts. Let's just pray in the Holy Spirit for a few moments. Amen. As we prepare for the word of God today and then we'll, hallelujah, hear what the Lord is saying. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Come on, let's just pray in our heavenly prayer language. Come on, Jesus Christ says, I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever. Hallelujah. We give you praise. We give you praise, Father. This is the day that you have made. We will rejoice and be glad in it today. Hallelujah. Come on, stir up the gift, saints. Hallelujah. We're in the presence of the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. We're with the Lord Jesus. He's with us. Amen. We're on the winning side. No weapon formed against you shall prosper today. Amen. We rejoice in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. We give God praise. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the name of Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 Glory, 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 glory. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. You can have your seats, amen. Hallelujah, as we pray. Let's do our confession, amen. Glory to God. Amen. We're just praying in the Spirit, amen. Building up our most holy faith by praying in the Holy Spirit. Have your way, Holy Spirit. Repeat this with me. Amen. Let's do it together. Amen. Psalms 91. Amen. Our protection psalm. We're hiding ourselves in the word of the Lord each and every day. Hallelujah. Repeat after me. Say, he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High God shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress. My God and him will I trust. Surely he will deliver me from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. He shall cover me with his feathers and under his wings shall I trust. His truth shall be my shield and buckler. I will not be afraid for the terror by night nor for the arrow that flies by day nor for the pestilence that walketh in darkness, nor for the destruction that wasteth at noonday. A thousand shall fall at my side, 10,000 at my right hand, but it shall not, it shall not, it shall not come near me, nor my family in Jesus' name. Only with mine eyes shall I behold and see the reward of the wicked. Because you have made the Lord, which is your refuge, the Most High, your habitation. There shall no evil come near me, neither any plague, any virus, any sickness, any disease, any symptoms come nigh my dwelling place, my workplace, my home place, my church place. And wherever I travel, it will not come near me. 
for he shall give his angels. Angels of the Lord, you have charge over me. You will guard me. You will keep me from evil in all of my ways. Hallelujah. Amen. I will, they shall bear thee up in their hands. Unless we dash your foot upon a stone, we will tread upon the lion and the adder, the young lion, demons and devils, all dragons, all works of the devil, sickness, disease are under our feet. Because we love the Lord, he will deliver us. Because we love the Lord and because he loves us, he has already delivered us. Amen. We have, he has set us on high. Because we have known his name. We shall call upon him. He will answer us. Always. He will be with us in trouble. He will never leave us nor forsake us. He will deliver us. And honor us. With long life. Come on with long life. Come on with long life. Will he satisfy me. And show me his salvation. Somebody say hallelujah, glory to God. Amen, hallelujah, glory, glory. All right, let's do this confession as well. This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. I start every day with God by speaking life, health, strength, and vitality into my body. Because I know God's healing power is at work within me. The nature and the life of God are resident in my body, driving out all manner of sickness, disease of any kind. I am strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. I believe the word of God above anything that I think, feel, or see on the news. His word says that I have been redeemed from the curse of sickness. His word says that by Jesus' stripes, I am healed. Come on. His word says, I have been redeemed from every curse of the law. His word says, by Jesus Christ, I am healed. His word says, it will come not mine by dwelling place. His word says, my body is free from pain, free from sickness, free from disease. It operates effectively and efficiently from every malfunction of any kind. Every part of my body is working right. Every part of my body is working right. <laughs> every organ, every gland, every system is operating in agreement with the word of God. My body works perfectly. Come on, I am the healed of the Lord. God has healed me through the stripes of Jesus. And he designed my body to work perfectly. My immune system is strong, uncompromised. It is vibrant. It is healthy. And it rebukes all sickness, disease, and viruses in the name of Jesus. Germs, I speak to you. Bacteria, I speak to you. Viruses, I speak to you. Parasites, I speak to you. Leave my body. You cannot exist in my body. My body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit lives in my body and it drives out all sickness and disease in the name of Jesus. If any disease, any sickness, any symptom, any virus or bacteria 
or germ of any kind tries to attack my body, it will be quickly destroyed by the power of God's word working in me, by the blood of Jesus covering me, and by the angels of the Lord and can't round about me. I am healed. I am healthy. I am whole. In Jesus' name. Come on, lift up our hands. Let's give God praise. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's go to Galatians chapter 3. We'll get right to the word of God today. Redeemed from sickness and disease. That's what we'll talk about today. Amen. Redeemed from the plagues. Amen. And that's what we're seeing in the land. It's a plague. It's a, an attack on the land. Amen. An attack on, you know, uh, the people in the land. Amen. And it's of the devil. God doesn't send sickness or disease to his children. We've been redeemed from the curse. Look at Galatians chapter 3. And God has a solution. Uh, just to get right to it, amen. If there ever is, you know, we've been redeemed from plague, sickness, and disease, every curse of the law. So the solution for every plague is repentance. Somebody say hallelujah. Amen. That's the only way out. Amen. Thank God for all the doctors and helpers and all the things they're doing. We're praying God expedite solutions for many people for our large for protection and you know to save souls and lives. Uh, but the, the spirit behind it has to be a spirit of repentance. Amen. Repentance is what brings out solutions. So look at Galatians 3. And again, we won't be before you long. Uh, look at verse 13 and 14. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on the tree. Verse 14, that the blessing of Abraham might come on the believers through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit. How? Through faith. Okay? So it says we've been redeemed from how many curses? All right, for every curse, everything contrary to God's will for our life, we've been redeemed from it or he's paid for it, uh, for us on our behalf. Okay. Uh, and this is what Peter says. First Peter 2.24. And thank you for being here today. Hallelujah. Give yourselves a hand clap. Praise the Lord. Amen. I love saying faithful saints. Amen. Because people got to go to work tomorrow. <laughs> and not everybody can stay home. Amen. <laughs> uh, but, you know, and people travel to and fro. Amen. So it's okay to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. Yeah. All right. Hallelujah. God wants to see his people. Amen. We're not afraid. Amen. We got wisdom now, but you got to move around in the world. Amen. You're going to eat. <laughs> You're going to see a supermarket restaurant or something. Uh, but we believe the word of God. First Peter 2, 24, who was also a bearer of sins in his own body on the tree that we being dead to sin should live unto righteousness by whose stripes we were what? Healed. Okay. So we begin to see here in the word of God that he's redeemed us from the curse of the law. Okay. Those things, sickness and diseases that attack the earth realm and the solution. Everybody said the solution is repentance. Okay. Anytime that plague, sickness, disease enters the earth. And of course, we know if you look at the plagues that were sent on Egypt, uh, because of their disobedience and rebellion, sin is in the earth. Okay. And it's since the fall of Adam, sin has been attacking the earth. Okay. Uh, but because we're in the earth, God has given us a covenant to protect us. And that's the blood of Jesus Christ. That's the word of God. That's the new covenant. So that's what covers our lives. And we have the promises of God. But look at uh, 2 Chronicles seven fourteen. And again, thank you all for who were fasting and praying with us, amen, last Friday or Friday that just passed. And we can continue, amen, this Friday as well, amen. 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 We're, going, we're going to fast and pray uh, for the healing of the land. Amen. And prayer is the key. We're going to see here, 2 Chronicles seven fourteen. If my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I do what? 
Israel, right, look at it, it says my people. So who was God looking for to turn this situation around? All right, his people, okay, which are called by his name if we humble ourselves and pray, okay? So it's not up to those who don't know God because they don't have the power. But we have the power through Jesus Christ. So it says if we pray and seek his face and turn from our wicked ways, then we, he will hear from heaven. He will do what? Forgive their sin. And what else is he going to do? All right, so how many know that the land needs healing? Okay, and based on Second Chronicles seven fourteen, who brings healing to the land? Come on, his people, our people, right? So it's, everybody says it's up to me. If I pray and obey God, healing is going to come in the land. All right, now, we have it in ourselves, but we want other people to be healed. Amen. Amen. We're not just concerned about ourselves. What about the people in the world need to be saved, loved ones, people that know God? God is merciful. All right, he, he's not willing that any should perish. So the key is we got to understand God's mind. He doesn't want one person to perish or lose their soul. So here's what we begin to see. So the plague is stopped the repentance. OK, now let's look at another example. We can see this, that it's going to take the believers as we pray, seek God. Our lifestyle matters. Amen. Now, again, it's not about perfection. Jesus is the only one who was perfect, but he's looking for someone. Go to Ezekiel twenty two thirty that would stand in the gap and pray and seek him. OK, and that's why as believers, we got to keep praying. Amen. Don't ever stop praying. Amen. And, you know, again, uh, situations come. We pray a little bit more, but we should always keep praying. There never should be a time in your life that you stop praying. Amen. It's like gas in your car. You can't drive without gas. It should never be a time you're on ease. So always stay in prayer. Now, situations happen. We add to our prayer, but we have to keep the foot pedal to the metal. Amen. Because Amen. we're in the earth. It's a fallen world. Amen. Don't ever take a vacation from your spiritual life. Ezekiel 22, 30. Amen. The Bible says the just shall live by what? Faith. So we got to stay in faith. That comes by living for God. Ezekiel chapter 22. Look at verse 30. Again, what is the solution for removing plagues? Number one, everybody say repentance. repentance. Number two, say prayer. And of course, they go in conjunction with each other, each other. But the goal was we repent, turn to God, and we continue to pray and walk with God. Here's Ezekiel twenty two thirty. He says, and I sought for a man or a woman among them that should make up the hedge. Now, this hedge, everybody say divine protection. All right. And stand in the gap before me for the land. Okay. So God was saying to Ezekiel, okay, I, I want to bring healing to the land. God says, it is my will that none perish, but I'll have all, he have eternal life. But he says, but I need your participation. So we see God does not automatically reverse the conditions of a situation without his people interceding. Right? It's not up to God. And people say, oh, if God told what's going on, no, God has set a law in motion that he's given you the authority. Whatever you bind on earth shall be what? Bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed. Same thing in our families, our homes, our lives. It's up to us. It's not up to God. God is sitting on the throne. God is not nervous. He's not caught off by surprise. He's not unaware of what's going on in the earth realm. But God gave us authority. Yeah. Amen. And God says, now here he's telling Ezekiel, same thing he told uh, Solomon. If you pray and seek my faith, I'll bring healing. So God's waiting. He's waiting for his people to seek him. Amen. Because as we seek him, he brings solutions in the earth realm. Okay. Ezekiel twenty two thirty says, I sought for a man among them that should make up the hedge or bring in protection. Right. And he says, and stand in the gap before me. So God is saying, I want you to come before me, okay? Seek my face, right? And then he says this, uh, for the what? All right, so what are we praying for? for and then we say, for the land, everybody say, for the people. All right, so our greatest desire should never be for material things. Now, we believe in prosperity, having the best, living the best, driving the best, wearing the best. We, we have that, but that's not our motivation. The motivation is helping others. 
He told Abraham, the reason I'm going to bless you is so you can be a what? A blessing. Okay. To help others. To, to dispense good to others is what actually says. So he says, so I wanted somebody standing the gap before me for the land that I should not what? Destroy. In other words, that the land should be devastated. Okay. But he couldn't find an intercessor. God said, I'm looking for somebody that creates the hedge. Okay. But I need somebody to pray. Job had a hedge all about now, let's go to Job 1. Let, let's see how Job put this hedge up because a lot of people put my brother down, but Job had an awesome life. Job was a blessed man. Amen. And I look at, I like the New Living Translation, Job 1.1. 1, 1, and it says here, there was once a man named Job who lived in the land of Uz. He was blameless, a man of complete integrity. He feared God and stayed away from evil. So we see here, there were character traits that Job exhibited that caused him to be blessed material. Job wasn't after things, he was after God. But because we obey God, he calls us to be blessed. The Bible says uh, if we obey and serve him, uh, Job says this in 36, that we will spend our days in prosperity, our years in what? Pleasures, okay? So he says here, he was a blameless man. Again, not perfect, but he was blameless. A man of complete integrity. He feared God and he stayed away from evil, okay? And it says he was the richest person in all the area. But here's what I want you to see about what God did because everybody say Job saw God. All right. And, and as you seek God, you're putting up a hedge. See, that, that, that's what creates the hedge or the word is hedge. But everybody say divine protection. All right. That's based on your prayer life. And again, serving God, not perfection, but you got to do something as a believer. Amen. Uh, being saved is good, but you got to add some faith, to, you know, works to your faith. Amen. So he says here, Job 1. And uh, notice what it says. Verse number five. And it was so that when the days of their feasting were going about, Job sent and sanctified them. Everybody say he's praying for his kids. All right. Because he don't know how he didn't know how they were living. So he prayed for him. OK. And then look at verse number seven. So we see he had integrity, praying for his kids. So we, everybody say repentance is number one. Everybody say prayer is number two for removing plagues and the earth. And we're talking about healing the land. So we see repentance. And then we're going to see Job here. Uh, and look at this. Uh, verse number eight. Job 1, 8. And Job said unto Satan, or the Lord said unto Satan, Have you considered my servant Job? There is none like him in the earth. A perfect and a what? Upright man. One that does what? Fears God. And what does he do? Hates evil. Okay. Verse number nine. Then Satan answered the Lord. Well, does he fear you for nothing? Look at verse number 10. Now, here's what the devil said about Job. <laughs> Did you not make a hedge? In other words, who put the hedge up? God did through Job's obedience. Right? So my point is, the hedge is part of your participation. If you want to protect what you have, you can put up a hedge. Jesus gave us the hedge. But you got to put it up. How many ever bought something you had to put it together yourself? <laughs> All right. So he gave you the material. He gave you the word of God, the blood of Jesus, and the name of Jesus. But you have to apply them. Everybody say apply the blood. All right. So it says make a hedge. In other words, have you not made a hedge about him, about his what? House. And about every, of course, all that he has on what side? Every side. Okay. You have blessed the what? Works of his hands. And his substance is increased in the land. So everybody said the devil has no power over me. <laughs> all right, all right. So I want you to see. So this hedge, everybody say, God gave Job a hedge. Because Job was praying. All right. So it didn't, it, you know, it's not automatic. It, it was up to Job. It was God's will to protect. But I want you to see, everybody said Job had the hedge up. 
right? So that was divine protection. We know he was attacked. God restored him. The devil attacked him, but God restored him. But my point is, I want you to see, there was a hedge, and now we have a hedge through Jesus Christ. Go to Revelation 12, 11. Everybody say New Testament. Amen. The devil has been defeated. This is the updated version in the New Testament. So he's no longer, you know, attacking God. In other words, he's in the earth seeking whom he may devour, but we have power over the works of the end. So we have to apply the word of God. Revelation 12, 11. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. Okay, here we go. And they overcame him by the what? Blood of the lamb and by the what? Right, and that's the word of God. So how do we win? Two things. Everybody say the blood of Jesus, blood of Jesus. and the word of God. All right, you can't lose with those two things. What they say, they used to say, you can't lose with the stuff I use. <laughs> now, it's consistent application. Right? So it's not, you know, once a week when I come to church. Oh, I clean the blood of the name. No, it, it's every day I get up. When I walk throughout the day, when I sit in the house, when I'm in the car, amen, when I'm watching TV, I see something I don't like. The blood of Jesus. You see those commercials come on, you're going to get sick, you're going to have to, no, the blood of Jesus. You speak back to that thing, amen, don't turn the chair, amen. Don't let them speak death over you. You got to rebuke those words. Amen, you're not going to have any side effects. Somebody say hallelujah, you're not going to die before your time. We read in Psalms 91, with long life, will he what? Sat and show us his what? So I'm everybody, so I'm going to live a long life until you're satisfied. Yeah, the devil's not going to take you out. Amen. He doesn't have his authority. Everybody say, I got a hedge about me. All right. How do I put up the hedge? Everybody say, the blood of Jesus and the word of God. Amen. You have the ability to, uh, you know, uh, to obey God and your hedge is based on these two components. Everybody say in the New Testament. All right. Let's go to Exodus 12. It's the Old Testament just so we can see how it worked in the Old. Now, everybody said we have a better covenant. Okay. So if it worked in the Old, you know it's going to work better in the New, right? All right, look at Exodus 12. Hey, glory to God. Hallelujah. Ooh, glory. Exodus 12, look at verse 13. And of course, this is where they were leaving, uh, you know, out of uh, Egypt, the children of God. And remember, Pharaoh was a hard taskmaster. So, you know, they were sick. You know, I mean, I'm sure employment violations all over the place. <laughs> Abusing employees and staff. I mean, they were slaves. I mean, they didn't treat them nice at all. So it was hard bondage, the Bible says. So God says, 430 years, I'm going to bring you out. Okay, so he comes set for deliverance. And notice, by the way, before he brought them out, that God told Moses, go get your recompense. All right, now the recompense, everybody say silver, gold. Silver, gold. And all the Louis Vuitton bags. <laughs> Gucci back, I mean leather, crocodile shoes, whatever they had on. I mean, he said, now remember, everybody say bring it. Now why would God want them look? Because God wants you to look good. Amen. So don't just think he wants you delivered and not paid. God said recompense you, because what? They were enslaved. How I many know oh, God never forgets a day you worked? Yeah. Alright? Now he's got your recompense, but you gotta go to him to get it. So as we obey God, so my point is, it wasn't just he wanted them healed, he wanted them out of bondage, he wanted them made whole. And that, that's what you see. This picture is one of being made whole. Nothing missing, nothing broken. So when you come out of any type of bondage or affliction, it's not just getting healed or delivered, you need to be recompensed. You need to be compensated for your damages. Financially. God is a financial God, he's a spirit God, he's a healing God, but he's also wants you to have resources. Somebody say hallelujah. So don't just let stuff go. 
And I don't mean that so you got to go through the court system, but you got to stay in prayer. The widow woman said, avenge me of my adversaries. And she didn't stop until she got paid. Somebody say hallelujah. No, we're not going to let it go. We're going to stay in prayer because once we catch the thief, he shall restore sevenfold and get what? All the substance of his up. Amen. Proverbs 630. So you got to chase him down in prayer. That's your authority. Amen. To be made whole. All right. Look at Exodus 12. Here we go. 13. And the blood shall be to you for a token upon your houses where you are. So they applied. Everybody say Old Testament. They applied the blood to the house. New Testament, we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. You are the house of God. This building is not the house of God. Don't worry about smoking in this house. You're the house. People say, I don't want to smoke in church. You're the church. <laughs> you know, so they would stand outside. The church. And again, I'm not condemning you. You smoke, drink, or whatever. Don't worry about it. God loves you. Okay. Uh, but my point is, people would always be religious to say, I don't want to smoke in the church. So I see you ever, anybody ever rode by a church, saw people smoking outside the church? Yeah, I've seen it before, amen. Now, because they don't know, they're visiting whatever funerals or whatever things going on, wedding, you know. So they don't want to be just, you know, uh, uh, disrespectful. So they step outside the church and they light up. <laughs> but my point is, the Bible says, where's the temple at? All right. So you don't want to have, you know, you don't have to commit fornication in this building. How many would commit fornication in this church? I don't think anybody would. <laughs> but But why? Why wouldn't they commit fornication in this church? See, that's the thing. That's what they think. They think this is God's house. This is not God's house. You're God's house. So if you commit fornication at home, you're still in God's house. See, we made this God's house, but when we leave, no, you're God's house. You're the temple of what? God doesn't live in this building. When we leave, he leaves. Old Testament, he said, my eyes are on the house continually perfect, but we got a new covenant. Jesus said, I don't want to live in a building, I want to live in you. So we sent the blood of Jesus, so now he lives in us, so wherever we go, that's why he said, I will never leave you, I will never forsake you. Hallelujah. So I don't have to be in church to live whole. And again, I'm not saying, it's not about perfect, if you sin, repent, but my point is, don't worry about this building, worry about your building. Everybody say, I'm the temple of the Holy Spirit. All right, so what does that mean? So I apply the blood to my life. Right? Old Testament, I'm on the house, apply the blood to the New Testament, I'm going to apply the blood in the name of Jesus. And when you apply the blood, you're applying the new covenant against the face of the devil. You're back slapping the devil. Amen. Get the hell out of my life. Hallelujah. Oh, he brings his hell. That's where he's going. That's his destination. Go back to hell in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. That's not a curse word. That's a location. That's where the devil lives. He lives in hell. He came from hell. He's going back to hell. And that's not all. When he gets done, he's going to the lake of fire and brimstone. He's got eternal death sentence waiting on him. No wonder why he's so upset. <laughs> he can't get out of it. He's finished. <laughs> so everybody say, apply the blood to your life. Oh, let me show you. Go to Luke 10. Let me show you what else the devil going to get kicked in his behind. He already got kicked once. So don't you be running from him. People testify, I've been running from the devil all week. The devil is a lie. <laughs> running from him. He runs from you. You don't run from sickness or disease. It runs from you. Somebody say hallelujah. I mean, you got power. Would you run from an ant? 
How silly is that? You come to church, Pastor, this ant by my car. Please get it out. <laughs> a little ant. That's how y'all look at the devil. He's been, everybody say he's been defeated. I look at Luke 10. Let me hurry up so we can wrap this up. Luke 10, look at verse number 17. So this is your authority. And we're talking about removing plagues in the earth to protect the land. Number one, everybody said repentance is the key. Number two, prayer is the key. Okay. And then number three, the power of God. All right. So we got everybody say repentance, prayer, and the power. So we have these three components. And we talked about the blood of Jesus, the word of God that helps enforce these things. So look at Luke 10, 17. And the 70 returned again with joy saying, Lord, even the devils are what? Oh, sickness, disease, viruses. Amen. And again, we talk about viruses. You know, they're talking about this virus now. How many of some people got HIV? It's a, it's a deadly virus. The common flu is a virus. And I didn't know people were dying from the common flu more than any other stuff going on. So we have, through the word of God, he says, I've given you power that even the devils, and when we see devils, that's like, uh, you know, uh, components, sickness, disease, poverty, depression, you know, suicidal thoughts. These are devils. Amen. When, when people say something told me to jump off a bridge, it was not God. Amen. That was a devil speaking to them. Right. And, and the reason they're here, you know, again, so without God, we, we can't have this divine prayer. So we got to teach our kids to love God and adults. So when things happen, they don't get discouraged. Yeah. Amen. The word of God brings comfort. So it says even the devils are subject unto us through what? Your name. OK, so how are the devils subject to God, subject to you? Through the name of what? Jesus. OK, so the devil says in sons of Scheme is going to cast out this devil. And they said uh, the devil said. The devil said, come on, he said, Jesus, I know. Paul, I know. Let me check my Rolodex here. <laughs> the devil had a Rolodex. <laughs> now, how did he know they didn't know Jesus? No power. See, they were trying to imitate something, but you can't imitate this. It's either real, it's either live or Memorex. If it ain't live, it ain't memorex. Amen. So if it's not real, you can't use it. Because it comes from the heart. The Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So when you speak with authority, he knows the name of Jesus. It's not just writing out the name. There's plenty of people who have the same name, Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> but there's no, there's no authority in their name because they're not the ones. But there's something about, everybody say the name of Jesus. Jesus. Alright, so when you get in trouble, there's one name I recommend you use. Hallelujah, come on. When things aren't going your way, don't cry, don't sing the blues, call on the name of what? Jesus. When you're in the hospital, you're feeling sick and depressed and burdened, and things aren't going the way you want, don't worry about it. Get in your prayer room and begin to call on the name of what? Jesus. It works. The devils are subject to you in the name of Jesus. The apostle said we can't help but speak in the name of Jesus. They were going to let them teach about everything else except don't use that. Talk about politics, the weather, talk about all the economy. But whatever you do, don't bring out that name. Why doesn't the devil want to hear? Because it defeated him on Calvary, glory to God. He hates the name of Jesus. 
It's the one name that is imprinted on his forehead and on his backside. <laughs> he got kicked so bad, he hates that name. Because that's the authority you have. When Jesus came up on devils and demons, you know, he said, shut up and come out. Don't even talk to me. Verse number 18, he says, and he said unto them, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from where? All right, Jesus was there when he was kicked out. All right, everybody say he's a fallen angel. He's not on the level of God. He's nowhere near God. He was created as an angel. He was given a position. He got removed from that position. He was defeated and he has no authority over God's children. And here's what he says. Verse number 19. Behold, I give unto you power to do what? Tread on serpents, scorpions, all the demons and devils, and over all the power, what? The enemy, and nothing, come on, nothing shall by any means hurt me. You gotta understand that. Okay, what you're going through, it can't hurt you. People can't hurt you. Somebody say hallelujah. They may want to, but they can't. Everybody say, I'm covered by the blood. <laughs> Talk about your authority in Jesus Christ. So you're covered by the blood. Amen. Everybody say, I have authority. All right, go to Luke 4, uh, Luke 4, 18. Hallelujah, glory to God. Feel my Cheerios. <laughs> Hallelujah, Luke 4, 18. You know it by heart. Amen. Amen. Let's read it again. The spirit of the Lord is what? Okay, so everybody say, I'm anointed. Okay, what are you anointed to do? Come on. Preach what? The gospel. Okay, everybody say, I'm anointed to preach. That means declare the good news, tell folk about the love of God, you know, uh, remove sickness and disease. He says what? Uh, to heal the broken heart. Everybody say, I'm anointed to heal the broken heart. I'm anointed to bring deliverance to captives. I'm anointed to recover sight to the blind. Come on. I'm anointed to set at liberty them that are bruised. In Jesus' name. All right, everybody say, I'm anointed to be used by God. Go to Acts 10, 38. Oh, hallelujah. Put your seatbelts on for this one. Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All is well, saints. No matter what was going on in Egypt, there was light in Goshen. Everybody say, I live in Goshen. <laughs> in other words, there was plagues in Egypt, devastation, destruction. But on the other side of Goshen, the sun was shining. Glory to God. Jesus is with us. The sun is shining in your life. You are blessed. Acts 10, 38. Here we go. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with what? The Holy Ghost and with power. Do you have the same thing Jesus had? Or are you anointed with the Holy Ghost and power? All right, what are we supposed to do? We went about doing what? Good and healing how many folk? All that were oppressed of what? The devil, because who's with us? Everybody say, there's light in Goshen. The Lord is with me. Amen, no matter what you're going through, the Lord is with you, amen. Hebrews 13 and 8. Oh, glory to God, let me hurry up, glory to God. Keep trying to shorten these services, man, I'm going to tell you. All right. Hebrews 13, Jesus Christ is the same. So that means God hasn't changed. Jesus hasn't changed. The Trinity hasn't changed. His love hasn't changed. His forgiveness, his redemption. So he is the same way. Yesterday, okay. And everybody say Old, Old Testament and New Testament. 
Everybody say today and forever. And so if he hasn't changed, we can expect the same demonstrations, the same deliverance, the same miracle signs and wonders. Okay, so let's go to Matthew 10. So if he hadn't changed, let's see what he did. Because what he did, you can do also. He said, these works and greater works shall you do. All right. Matthew chapter 10. Look at verse number one. Oh, glory to God. This is Jesus talking to us as believers. Now, when he had called unto him his 12 disciples, the members of Revival Fellowship Church, he gave you power against what? Everybody say viruses, sicknesses and disease. That's an unclean spirit. Do you have power over it? Now, the the Bible says he's the same. So he gave you power over it. Somebody say, hallelujah. I mean, you know, what about folks who don't have, you know, medical things? What are they supposed to do? Not everybody lives in America. God bless America. But other countries, guess what? There's got to be a solution. Now, of course, being born again is the most important thing, your soul would say. But the Bible says, uh, you know, that there is a divine remedy and solution. He says he gave them power over unclean what? Spirits. And what do you do when there's a spirit or an attack? Oh my God, say that again. You mean I don't have to just sit there and talk to him? Cast it out. Anybody ever threw out the trash bag? You know, you got your trash, weekly trash. Do you talk to the trash? <laughs> oh trash, I'll take you. I know you've been here long enough now. And that's time for you to go. It's the weekly pickup. And you're going down to the curb with the trash. Yeah, okay, Mr. Trash, you're going on now. And you stay away, stay away. Take that bag and throw it. That's casting. To cast is the throw. Anybody ever seen fishermen? They cast the reefs. And it's the throw. Everybody say, far away. And oh, to destroy it from your presence. So when we cast out devils, it is to remove them far away from your presence. From your arena, from your family, from your life. You have authority to cast out devils. Somebody say hallelujah. Now you won't hear this on the news, so I'm going to tell it to you in church. They make, they'll make you think you don't have power. They'll make you think you're weakless, you're helpless, you just got to, you know, hide and, you know, and be afraid. And, and they tell you all the negative news. The Bible says cast out devils. We are the church of Jesus Christ. Amen. We got to live by faith. We got to live on the word of God. We can't be so natural minded. We lose our power. Or we get talked out of what God promised us and we become subject like the world. We are not in the world. In other words, we're not, we're in the world, but we're not of the world. We're in Jesus Christ. Listen to me. You're seated in Christ in heavenly places. You are not just human. You're supernatural. You're spirit field. And he tells you, I gave you power. Somebody say hallelujah. All right. Against unclean spirits to cast them out. And then to heal what? All manner of what? Sickness and all manner of death. So say you heal. Thank God for doctors. But here he didn't say anything about the doctors. Hey man, I believe in doctors. Go to the doctor. Get you whatever they can do to help. We believe in doctors. They're working for God. They're not working for the devil. <laughs> hey man, they're working for God. They're helping p- people say, uh, keep their lives whole. But here's the key. There's a, there's a solution that you can bring. 
Somebody say hallelujah. All right. Now, same chapter. Go verse uh, 7 and 8. Matthew 10, verse 7 and 8. As you go, preach saying the kingdom of heaven is where? At hand. And then he says, again, everybody say to the believers. Heal the sick. He didn't say pray for the sick. Thank you. He didn't say talk to the sick. He didn't even say visit the sick. In this verse. Now we know in Matthew 25, when I was sick, you came to visit me. When I was in prison, you came, you know, I was naked, clothed me, I was home, you fed me. But here in this verse, he's talking about authority. That's that dunamis power. Exousia, delegated authority. Right? He's given it. And then to bring out the dunamis when we get on the scene. Right? It's like the policeman. His badge is the exousia. You see the badge, it represents authority. I represent, you know, uh, the police department, whatever, the fort or the army, military. You see those bar? That's authority. Okay. Uh, and that's respected because they have a position of authority in the community, right? But if you don't respect the Zeusia, he's got some dunamis on the side. And the dunamis is going to be seen. <laughs> and if he's got a, a apprehended culprit, he's bringing out the dunamis. Amen. He's got an authority that's going to drive out the works of the enemy. And here's what Jesus says. And again, encourage it. Everybody say, heal the sick. Cleanse the leper. All right. Now, in Jesus' day, there was lepers. There were leper colonies. All right. So what would he do today? Somebody say, hallelujah. Jesus touched lepers. Somebody say, hallelujah. Now, you, I'm just showing you how the authority you really have. See, and what happens is our mind disconnects from the power of the Holy Spirit in us. And that's when we become carnal-minded and we become afraid like the world. Because we have forgot what we what God promised. And again, now I'm not talking about not use, uh, be foolish or unwise, but I'm saying, he said, heal the sick. That means you're going to come in contact with some sick folk. And if the, the church kids not praying for the sick, nowhere in the Bible that he says you should stop praying for the sick. Or you should be afraid to pray for the sick. Or because of what's going on, you can't lay hands on the sick. See, we got to be careful because we don't want to be so carnal-minded, we lose the anointing of God. Somebody say how they... And, and sometimes, the, the devil's very sly in how he, he can undermine God's word. And not use the name of Jesus. We were listening last night to uh, Tony Dungy and uh, James Brown had this program they were interviewing this athlete who was a chaplain for one of the professional football teams. And he said, uh, when he was in, I think it was something about uh, some of the teams, they found that he was a Christian. And they said because he was a believer, he was kind of soft. Because he believed in God. He said, no, the opposite is true. Amen. <laughs> that those who believe in God are strong in what they're doing. All right. Here's my point. We, we can't be timid over what God has promised. He says, everybody say, heal the sick. All right. Now, who is he talking to? Right, this verse is not for Jesus. Jesus was telling the disciples to heal the sick and do what? Cleanse the lepers. Do what? Raise the dead. Oh, no. Did he say raise the dead? So you mean there's going to be a point in our life we're going to see some dead folk? All right, and we supposed to just sit there and cry? Amen. Every funeral I go to, I want the dead to be raised. I don't think anybody should die before their time. Now, and sometimes in raising the dead, they have to be uh, willing to come back. <laughs> Some of them are done on the earth. They don't want to see you no more. You know, they, they, they were Jesus. They, they had made no more troubles, uh, no more pain or stuff. So they don't want to come back. You can raise them up all you want. They're not coming back. 
You can only raise the dead that wants to be raised. Somebody say hallelujah. Because to raise the dead, you enter the spirit realm and you have authority from God, but you need authority from them. Because your power cannot override another person's will. Same thing in marriage, relationships. You can't override somebody's will. Pray all you want. You can pray that God touched their hearts and their heart turned. But my point is, their will is involved. So a lot of times people say, I pray for them to come back. And they didn't come back. They didn't want to. (laughs) They were done. Amen. And when you get to heaven, you'll tell you, yeah, I was finished. (laughs) I heard you praying, but I wasn't coming back. Now I'm good. (laughs) They done made it in glory. Amen. They were Jesus. What they going to come back here for Paul said, to depart is far better. You hear what I said? To depart, to be with Christ is not just better. Paul said, it is far better to be with Christ. Hallelujah, all right? So he says, everybody say, raise the dead. Cast out devils. Freely you have received. Freely give. Go to Matthew 8. Matthew 8. Let's hurry up as we wrap this up. Everybody say, redeemed from the curse. Matthew 8, look at verse number 2. Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. Yeah. Verse two. And behold, there came a leper and worshiped him saying, Lord, if you will, you can do what? Make me. Okay. So who did the leper come to? Jesus. Now remember, lepers were contagious. If you talk about a contagion, it was those who had leprosy in Jesus' death. And they still, by the way, have leper colonies. Yeah, they still got leper. They got some in uh, different parts, even in this nation. Hallelujah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in the other parts of the world, they got leprechauns. You know? But here's I want you to see though, but what do we do as believers? Do we run from the lepers? Alright? So if a leper comes to you, don't run the other way. I don't want to catch it. If you listen to the news, that's what you're going to do. How many want to be like Jesus? Now I'm saying I'm, everybody say spiritual authority. So I'm not talking about your natural ability, you know, your natural reasoning or fear. I'm talking about faith in God's word. And the Bible said this is what Jesus did. Okay. And by the way, Jesus never got sick. Somebody said hallelujah. And those who got sick, he healed. The Bible says Matthew 12, 15, Jesus healed them all. All right. So we can in this in this world because the father gets sick, but he heals the sick. Right? So, because we're his children. Healing is the children's bread. We have a right to receive healing in any situation in our life. So, don't be afraid. Here's what Jesus did. Matthew 8. Look at verse number 2. Everybody say, as the Lord leads you. Now, don't just go out there, you know, off the cuff be doing stuff. <laughs> you know, you got to let the Spirit lead you to go pray. Or lead you to go certain place, you know. And he'll open the door. But don't just do it on your own. Amen. That verse says, take up serpents. It's on time. Go pick up snakes. It's a bad translation. <laughs> it means if you accidentally get bitten by a serpent. Amen. Or if you're trapped. Remember, they were missionaries. So they were going in little wilderness places, little islands and stuff. You know, there was things that they ran into they weren't expecting. And like Paul got bit by a serpent, he picked it up. Dropped it off in the fire. And the people on the island said, he's about to drop any moment. He's going down. <laughs> and then he's over there by the fire after a while. They said, oh, what's going on? He should have been dead by now. He's sitting there eating his coffee, drinking coffee, eating whatever he got. You know, and they said, he ain't dead yet. <laughs> so they went from fear to faith and they start worshiping God and said, the gods have come down. 
What did they realize? They saw the power of God. From a man that was not afraid because he understood if I'm on God's side, nothing shall by any means hurt me. I'm trying to tell you, you cannot lose. Matthew 8, look at verse number 2. And behold, there came a leper and worshipped him, saying, Lord, if you can, if you will, make me clean. Who did the leper come to? Alright, so what did the leper want? Alright, so they don't want to stay sick. But they got to have somebody to touch them. Now, everybody say, hear the wisdom of God. Everybody say, be led by the Spirit. Before you lay hands. Before you interact with someone else. The Bible says, lay hands suddenly on no man. So we're not just going out here willy-nilly, just laying hands on everybody. No, that's not what Jesus did. Somebody say hallelujah. The ones that came to him are the ones who got healed. And remember, Jairus came to him. He went to his house. The woman touched him in his garment. Jesus wasn't going to her, but she came to Jesus. Right? So my point is, he just wasn't going around laying hands on everybody. No. Those who had faith to be healed received it. And he says here, this leper said, if you will, make me clean. Verse number three. And Jesus, oh, here we go. Lord, have mercy. He put forth his what? Oh, he touched the leper. Oh, my goodness. What's going to happen to Jesus? Stay tuned next week for the next next episode. (laughs) He touched the what? Now, remember, Jesus Christ is the same way. All right. So Jesus said, I only do what the father says. So did Jesus touch the leper because he wanted to? Who directed Jesus to touch the leper? Why would the father have him touch this leper? Because it's God's will to heal. God loves the lepers. He loves those who are sick, those who are content, that believe in him. This leper came to Jesus, got out of the colony and took the, you know, uh, the the risk of coming public society to be stoned or killed. But he was willing to take a chance that Jesus wouldn't turn him away. Somebody say hallelujah. And if we aren't careful, we can turn folk away that want to be healed. But we're so concerned about ourselves, we have forgotten the word of God, that we have divine protection. Somebody say hallelujah. Everybody say, as the Lord leads. I'm getting being led by the spirit. So use wisdom, but I'm saying, when the Lord leads you, don't be afraid. Because if you were sick, you want somebody to come lay hands on you. Somebody say hallelujah. So Jesus said, I will touch the leper. With all that stuff on the leper, Jesus was not afraid because he was anointed to heal the sick. Somebody say hallelujah. Hallelujah. And the man was healed. Everybody say he was healed. Oh, glory to God. All right, let me show you one more. One more. Uh, let's go to Second Samuel 24. And we'll close with this. Second Samuel 24. Look at verse 21. Hallelujah. This is after, again, everybody say, remove the plague. So we talked about how God used his word, the blood of Jesus. Of course, everybody say repentance is number one. Everybody say prayer is number two. All right, then everybody say power is number three. 
All right, so they begin to apply these principles to remove any plague and situation there. Here's 2 Samuel 24, verse 20, backdrop. Uh, David had sinned. Uh, the curse was in the earth. The plague was started because of disobedience. David repents. Okay, says, Lord, I've done wrong. You know, now the people are suffering. Or because remember, plague angel came. He was wiping out folk. Our angel at that time uh, because of the sin that was committed. But then the, the prophet tells David, here's how you stop this plague. Because David didn't know what to do. People were being killed and destroyed. So he says, David, here's Gad said to David, okay, you're going to have to give an offer. Now, this is amazing because out of all the things that people would have thought about, why do I have to give something? When repentance enough, yes, repentance, but in this case, he said, Give somebody say hallelujah. And I'm not asking for an offering, I'm just showing you Bible about removing plagues. <laughs> so don't get nervous. I'm not, I'm just saying, Bible the Bible teaches us different ways to remove evil from the land. Here's what let me correlate this Malachi says, You have robbed me in tithes and offerings, therefore, you are what curse. What brought the plague in the earth? And Malachi 3. Robbing God from what? All right. Is that a financial curse? All right. How is that financial curse removed? Bringing all the what? Back into the store. So I, I repent by giving my tithes and offerings. See, it's not separate. That There are certain curses that can be removed by your giving. And if you don't get pray all you want, that's not going to remove the curse. Because true repentance brings fruit. You can say, you know, godly sorrow turns to it, you know, but, but it's not just being sorry that it happened. You got to turn to it. Somebody say, how they do it? All right. Second Samuel 24, verse 21. We'll close this. And Arna said, where is the Lord? My, where's the Lord, the king? What, wherefore is my Lord, the king come to a servant? Uh, David said to buy the threshing floor of thee to build an altar unto the Lord that the plague may be what? All right, so why is David interested in his land? Because he's got to build an altar. He's got to offer up a sacrifice to the Lord because of what? To stop, everybody say to stop the plague. God is looking for an offering to stop this plague. Somebody say, you know, everything's about money. That's not about money. That's what the Bible says. How many want to be out of trouble? Yeah, sometimes you got to give something. It's funny. Do you give something to the doctor? You want that thing to stop? <laughs> Go tell the doctor you don't want to give an offer. Somebody say hallelujah. What do you think they collect from your insurance company when you walk in there? Is that called an offering? Yeah, it's called copay. <laughs> Another word for offering, tithes and offerings. You want surgery? No problem. Bring the tithes and offerings to the hospital. They don't call it tithes and offerings, but you can't get surgery without paying for it. Even if you're poor, somebody else is paying for it. There's nothing free. If you want help, you got to pay for it. And people don't have a problem paying for things to get fixed. So don't take it strange when God says to David, now again, this wasn't David's idea. Because David repented, but that's, that wasn't, you know, what he did was bring an answer. So repentance brings me to the answer of what to obey God in. If I never repent, I never get the answer. Situations never change. Repentance is a good thing. It doesn't take you out of the line. It puts you back in the line. So when we're going astray, we miss God. Don't just keep living for Repent. Forgive me, Father. I was wrong. I'm sorry. You're not the first one that repents. 
Won't be the last. I repent every day. Somebody say hallelujah. I stay in repentance. That's a good thing. I want to be in fellowship with my father. And he said, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. First John 1, 9. And to cleanse us from what? All unrighteousness. Confess your sins to the Lord daily. And he'll cleanse us daily. And the blood keeps working on us. And the blood cleanses us. Until you'll get forth, you'll go through a whole day. Man, I didn't have to repent once. And still repent. Just in case you forgot. Thank you for the blood. <laughs> Amen. I plead the blood over my life. Whatever it is. Why? Because I'm not deep, but I'm going to stay under the blood. I'm not leaving the blood. That is my divine protection. My life is going to be covered by the blood of Jesus. Stand in fellowship with my Lord. I don't care how blessed you get. Don't forget the blood of Jesus. Wherever you go in the world, plead the blood. I ride planes and trains, and I'm touching them as I go on. And the angels watch over, take me to and fro, through airport. I plead the blood of Jesus. When I get to the hotel, bus, I'm pleading the blood on the door now, on the bed. I don't know who slept in that bed the night before. Plead the blood over these sheets. Make my room every day. Dude, I got hotels now they want to do it every other day. I need it done every day. The blood of Jesus. When you go in your house, plead the blood. Over your children. Father, we plead the blood over our children in the name of Jesus. Over their children, over their life, over the highway, over the cars you drive, over the washing machine, the refrigerator. Plead the blood over the clocks and walls. I'm trying to tell you, man, the blood works. We're talking about removing the curse, removing plagues. We have the power. So he says here, let's close out with this. Says David, okay, I got to buy the land. See, this is a beautiful thing. David said, look, I don't care what the land costs. God said buy. Glory to God. Now he's obeying God now. This is contrary to what it has ever been done before. This is new today. But David said, look, whatever it costs, I got to stop the plague. Whatever it costs. People's lives are at stake. No time to be counting your savings account. Got to put seed in the ground. David said, I got to stop the plague from the people. And an orner said unto David, let the Lord, the king, take and offer up what seems good unto him. But here be oxen. Behold, here be oxen for burnt sacrifice and threshing instruments and other instruments of oxen for wood. All these things that Arna, as a king, gave unto the king. And Arna said unto the king, the Lord thy God accept thee. He said, David, you can have it. All right. Everybody said, give it to him for free. David said, no, that's not going to work. David said, what I've done, my repentance has got to compensate. In other words, my actions, it's got to be worth something for me. Somebody say, hallelujah. And again, not knowing receiving things, God bless. But at this moment, David understood, I have to take personal responsibility. Hallelujah. And the king said to Arna, no, I will buy it. I will surely buy it of thee at a price. Neither will I offer burnt offerings unto the Lord, my God, of what does not cost me anything. So David bought the threshing floor and the oxen for 50 shekels of silver. 
David said, I know you can give it to me for free, but I can't offer it like that because I want it to cost me something. In other words, I want to participate in the giving. Somebody say hallelujah. All right. And verse 25. Here we go. And David built there an altar unto the Lord. Now, what did God say? If you build this altar, altar and offer sacrifice, what's going to stop? The plague. Okay. Uh, David was looking for the plague to stop. Okay. So if I obey God in my giving, is he going to respond? If I obey God in my repentance, is he going to heal the land? If I make up the head, is he going to protect my family? If I plead the blood and apply the word of God, am I under divine protection? All right. He says here, verse 25, and David built there an altar unto the Lord and offered burnt offerings and peace offerings. So the Lord was entreated for the land. Lord have mercy. And look what happened next. And the plague was stopped from Israel. Everybody say, stop the plague in Jesus' name. Come on. Close your Bibles. We're done. Come on. Give God praise. Hallelujah. Amen. That's our assignment. Everybody say, I have been commissioned. To stop all the plagues in this nation and around the world, my authority has come from God and I apply the blood of Jesus and the word of God right now in Jesus name. Come on, give God praise. Hallelujah. The plague is stopped. Everybody say the plague is stopped. We cancel you plague. We cancel you virus. We cancel sickness and disease. We bind you on this earth. God will bind you in the heavens. We take authority in the name of Jesus Christ to heal the land in Jesus' name. Come on, say heal the land in Jesus' name.